The Law School of America. A pour-over will is a testamentary device wherein the writer of a will creates a trust, and decrees in the will that the property in his or her estate at the time of his or her death shall be distributed to the trustee of the trust. Such a device was always void at English common law, because it was not deemed a binding trust, in that the testator can change the disposition of the trust at any time and therefore essentially execute changes to the will without meeting the formalities required for the change. More recently, however, a number of jurisdictions have recognized the validity of a pour-over will. In the jurisdictions in the U.S. which allow a pour-over will, testators do not usually put all of their assets into trust for the reasons of liquidity, convenience, or simply because they did not get around to doing so before they died. A pour-over clause in a will gives probate property to a trustee of the testator's separate trust and must be validated either under incorporation by reference by identifying the previously existing trust which the property will be poured into, or under the doctrine of acts of independent significance by referring to some act that has significance apart from disposing of probate assets, namely, the revocable living trust, inter vivos trust. The testator's property is subject to probate until such time as the pour-over clause is applied, and the estate assets pour into the trust. The trust instrument must be either in existence at the time when the will with the pour-over clause is executed, or executed concurrently with the will to be a valid pour-over gift. However, the trust need not be funded in ter vivos. The pour-over clause protects property not previously placed in a trust by pouring it into the previously established trust through the vehicle of the will. The see prey doctrine is a legal doctrine which allows a court to amend a legal document to enforce it as near as possible to the original intent of the instrument, in situations where it becomes impossible, impracticable, or illegal to enforce it under its original terms. The doctrine first arose in courts of equity, originating in the law of charitable trusts, but it has since been applied in the context of class action settlements in the United States. An example of the doctrine's application is found in the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court case Jackson v. Phillips, where the testator, Francis Jackson, created a trust to be used to create a public sentiment that will put an end to Negro slavery in this country. Four years after Jackson's death, slavery was abolished by the 13th Amendment, nullifying the express purpose of the trust. Some of Jackson's family members attempted to dissolve the trust in order to collect its proceeds, but the court disagreed invoking prey and finding that Jackson's intent would be best served by using the trust to promote the education, support and interests of the freedmen, lately slaves, in those states in which slavery had been so abolished. United States Uniform Trust Code In the United States there is a Uniform Trust Code, UCC, which is a model code that various jurisdictions, for example, states, may adopt by statute. The UG codifies that CPRE applies only to charitable trusts where the original particular purpose of the trust has become impossible or impracticable, and the terms of the trust do not specify what is to happen in such a situation. The UG provides, in part, that if a particular charitable purpose becomes unlawful, impracticable, impossible to achieve, or wasteful, the court may apply CPRE to modify or terminate the trust, in a manner consistent with the settler's charitable purposes. However, the UC further provides that the court may not apply CPRE where provision in the terms of a charitable trust would result in distribution of the trust property to a non-charitable beneficiary and also that CPRE may not be used to violate the rule against perpetuities. The UC also contains a CPRE rule for non-charitable trusts. It provides that a court may modify the administrative or dispositive terms of a trust or terminate the trust if, because of circumstances not anticipated by the settler, modification or termination will further the purposes of the trust. 
Evans v. Newton, 1966. U.S. Senator Augustus Bacon, of Georgia, in his 1911 will, devised land in Macon and Trust, to be used as a public park for the exclusive benefit of white people. The park, known as Baconsfield, was operated in that manner for many years. In Evans v. Newton, the Supreme Court of the United States held that the park could not continue to be operated on a racially discriminatory basis. The Supreme Court of Georgia thereupon declared that the sole purpose for which the trust was created has become impossible of accomplishment and remanded the case to the trial court, which held C. Prey doctrine to be inapplicable, since the park's segregated character was an essential and inseparable part of Bacon's plan. The trial court ruled that the trust failed, and that the property reverted to Bacon's heirs. The Supreme Court of Georgia and the U.S. Supreme Court affirmed. The 50-acre park was lost and commercially developed. Class Actions in 1986, the California Supreme Court endorsed sea prey mechanisms in class action settlements, and other American courts followed. Sea prey mechanisms allow money to be used to promote the interests of class members, rather than reverting to a defendant, which could be seen as a windfall to a defendant charged with breaking the law. Judge Richard Posner has argued that the term is a misnomer in the class action context, because sea prey awards serve a punitive effect. Some commentators have criticized the use of sea prey settlements. The American Law Institute's draft of the principles of the law of aggregate litigation proposes limiting sea prey to circumstances in which direct distribution to individual class members is not economically feasible, or where funds remain after class members are given a full opportunity to make a claim. In 2018, the U.S. Supreme Court decided to hear an appeal of Ninth Circuit decision in Google Referrer Header Privacy Litigation, U.S. District Court. Northern District of California, San Jose, that allowed a class action settlement that awarded $2 million to the plaintiff's attorneys, $5,000 to each of the handful of named plaintiffs, and no monetary award to an estimated 129 million class members, instead citing the CPRE doctrine to give a handful of privacy groups, including all three plaintiffs' attorneys' alma maters and several groups already supported by defendant Google, a share of $6 million rather than any monetary award to class members who would receive approximately four cents. The case, Frank v. Gauss, alleges that the award was not fair, reasonable, and adequate as required by Rule 23e, 2, of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, and was heard by the Supreme Court in March 2019. The Supreme Court did not decide on the merits of the case, instead remanding the case to the Ninth Circuit to review whether the plaintiffs had standing. England and Wales the sea prey doctrine applied in England and Wales limited the strictness of the rules of Mortmain under which property disposed of otherwise than to a legal heir was subject to forfeiture in certain circumstances. Following abolition of Mortmain, the modern application of the sea prey doctrine has predominantly occurred in relation to charities, as these are the most important trusts for a general purpose, not private benefit, permitted under English law. The Charity Commission for England and Wales has the statutory power to apply the CPRE doctrine on behalf of a charity where, for example, no trustees remain in a charity or the necessary mandate cannot be agreed. These powers extend to a corporate charity or unincorporated association, which the common law rules may not cover. Similar powers apply to the equivalent bodies in Northern Ireland and Scotland. The sea prey doctrine will not be applied where a charity has alternative powers to redirect its funds under its constitution. In jurisdictions which have retained the English sea prey doctrine but do not have an equivalent state body to the Charity Commission for England and Wales, or in relation to foreign charities' assets in the United Kingdom, 
charity trustees may seek the approval of the court to their entry into CPRAE arrangements to avoid later accusations of breach of trust. The Law School of America. Now a word from our sponsor. The Law School of America. The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation Incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America.